0: Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business topics, trends, innovation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, we meet an entrepreneurial business leader who is an award-winning marketer, specializing in social media marketing, acquisition, and brand strategy. Amongst several achievements, he has helped scale multiple e-commerce businesses, leverage multimedia strategies to drive acquisition across global markets. He has managed some of the biggest social media communities on the planet, and leverage these channels to engage and influence decisions. He's also a public speaker and a brand consultant. We're joined by Tim Hyde. He's the CEO and founder of TWH Media. And today we will learn about his journey, but some of the interesting aspects of multimedia, social media, and digital marketing and why that is important for businesses and their growth. Welcome Tim, how are you doing today?
1: Thank you very much for the for the intro, Stephen. That was you know extensive. Um, makes me feel like I have actually done some stuff with with my life. But um, yeah, no, lovely to be here and thank you for the opportunity to, to speak with yourself.
0: Wonderful. Tim, where are you based?
1: I'm based in Cheshire. So um, yeah, kind of near Manchester, Northwest England. Um, yeah, not particularly sunny up here, but yeah, it's been it's been good from a social media perspective, I have to say.
0: Wonderful. And Tim, do you do you travel a lot within the UK or even globally?
1: Uh, yeah, I travel a lot. We've got a lot of clients kind of all over the world, a lot, you know, West Coast, East Coast of America, had clients in Singapore, quite a lot of clients in London. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely, definitely enjoy traveling as well. And I think um, from a, you know, passion perspective, traveling is absolutely one of my passions, experiencing, you know, new cultures, new places, um, different ways of, of kind of doing things is is definitely when I'm at my my most happy so it's normally for work and pleasure.
0: You know they always say about marketing and social media and multimedia professionals they always have the best of fun.
1: We definitely try Um, you know where some people have to work very hard and you know I like to think I'm I'm one of those but um, we certainly do enjoy it at the same time and I think you know just with the with the internet with social media the world has got a lot smaller and you know it's crazy to think that you know, um, someone in, in northwest of England can be working with brands all over the world, you know, being paid to kind of consult all over the world and and getting that opportunity to travel. So I've I've been very, very lucky to kind of be at that kind of hotbed. Um, I have to say.
0: One wonderful. Tim, we're definitely interested to hear about the multimedia and social media aspects, but tell us your your journey towards all of that, your personal journey. Tell us, give us a bit of a briefing on that one.
1: Absolutely. So um, I think I'm very averagely smart. Definitely not particularly academic, but always, you know, very much into sport. Big football fan. Uh, played lacrosse. Uh, big rugby fan. Cricket fan. Golf. I mean, I'm I'm not just into football. I'm I'm very big into sport. Um, and I always wanted to be a, a journalist. So straight after doing my A levels, I um, basically did my NCTJ, so your National Journalism Exams. Worked basically for free while they paid for for that course. And I was just really, really lucky. My first job was at the Lad Bible, uh, where I was the sort of 11th member of staff there, um, and basically had the opportunity to really see the power of social media firsthand. You know, certainly at the, t- at the time, I think I had Facebook and Twitter, but, you know, used them kind of how all my friends were uploading photos and not thinking too much of it. But at Lad Bible, we were super fortunate to have, you know, this, this platform, this voice. Of, of, you know, being able to share content, make people, you know, feel um, and therefore then run marketing campaigns through that channel. So, you know, it was really that opportunity at Lad Bible where I went, oh, wow, social media is, you know, amazing and, and the power it can have. And um, from there I went to work for a marketing agency called Social Chain, um, which it was at one point, one of the biggest social media marketing agencies in Europe, worked with a lot of the biggest brands in the world, you know, DreamWorks, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple Music. Um, the list really does go on, um, and and you know there we we just really enjoyed being able to sort of influence, engage, distribute content, build communities, all leveraging kind of social media and integrating those kind of strategies with brands, and you know um, at, at its best absolutely help brands make you know millions in revenue and and reach billions of people, which was which was very exciting. And then following that for the last five years, I've run my own kind of mini social media marketing agency. I think I'm the biggest, if not one of the biggest, independent spenders on Facebook ads in Europe, spent, one of, um, spent well over kind of 100 million on performance advertising, helped scale a few businesses, you know, I've worked with um, a lot of different startups, taken equity in, in a few of those as well. So, yeah, that's my long-winded kind of intro, and hopefully that gives some people some context.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's wonderful, Tim. And let's just delve a little bit more into the work that you're doing um, as, as an owner of your own company so tell us a little bit more about the types of businesses you mentioned different different types of companies whether whatever state is it is, does it does it, uh, does it uh, or rather is it is it more with startups or is it growth stage or is it does it matter
1: oh a uh, good question I suppose um, you know work with lots of different verticals and, and lots of different shapes and sizes I think but the typical engagement and, and what people think of when they think of performance advertising and certainly Facebook ads is, you know, you direct to consumer e-commerce e-commerce stores. And absolutely, we, you know, we work with a lot of them and, and have done over the years. But I think for me, what I'm kind of passionate about is how, you know, these paid media channels can drive business or at least drive awareness for lots of different types of businesses. So whether that's been for, you know, BC funds for accelerators, for, um, you know, property businesses, um, for businesses where you acquire land and kind of new technology within that Um, as well as you know I put together the EMEA marketing strategy for DreamWorks and how they actually use you know paid media to amplify trailers and various different content across you know their social media channels so I like to think it's fairly diverse I think post iOS 14 which was you know a big kind of privacy change that happened last year the biggest thing is kind of budget dependent you know it, it has got much difficult much more difficult to um, advertise on on these channels with smaller budgets you know to kind of get those minimum requirement of learnings it is basically requiring a lot more budget so that's basically where where kind of conversations are now rather than you no know, we don't work with a specific type of vertical or size of business just unfortunately the barrier to entry has got a bit higher with you know needing a bit more to spend unfortunately
0: yeah, and and Tim, are you finding it? Are you finding businesses recognizing the need for social media, or are they all about? Well, we have our own ways of marketing, and uh, social media is still a secondary item. How 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 what's what 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 kind of trends are you seeing with business owners or companies?
1: Yeah, it definitely depends. I think um, there's there's still a few traditional industries, shall we say, that are still. Averse to social media and and certainly advertising on social media, just because, you know, for them anyway, the risk outweighs the reward and whether that's from a compliance perspective or, you know, just that the budget needed really that they're, they're not willing to kind of invest in that channel. But I think there has been a narrative shift, certainly over the last sort of two, two and a half years. Where you know I don't have to explain really what Facebook ads are or you know what TikTok advertising is. Um people are aware of that kind of channel and its importance. And I'd say really, over you know, since probably just before COVID, um, because of you know things like iOS 14 and the channels becoming more complex, um, there was probably a point, and and certainly since I've been in business where the self-serve advertising platforms people were doing at least a decent job themselves whereas because it's un- well not unfortunate for me but unfortunately for business owners it has got trickier there's more changes there's more gray area actually a professional within that space is it's kind of more valuable if you like just because it's got so much tougher you know kind of gone are the days where you you know mum and dad local store family business can run some ads on facebook and, and be profitable. It, it does take a little bit more tinkering and, and a lot sort of harder work on, on the creative side, which is good for me in a sense, but you know, it's kind of a shame that post-iOS 14, the guys that have been screwed, if you like, are, are certainly the, the SMEs, which you know is, is pretty unfortunate.
0: So when we talk about social media, sometimes me including until a, f- until a couple of years ago, was more focused on Facebook or Instagram or some of those platforms. But social media is actually much more than that, isn't it?
1: Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you know, whether you're able to build kind of micro communities, engage with people on a personal level, you know, start businesses with people by being able to connect on, you know, kind of similar, similar topics. Um, social media can be in- incredibly valuable on a personal and on, on a business level. I think where the, the bang for your book is in, in 2022 certainly is TikTok. I think if you're willing to create video content and jump on trends and, leverage the power of, you know, their incredible slash scary algorithm. That's where the, you know, the millions or the thousands of views on content are really coming from. And actually, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, are still valid channels and and are still phenomenal what they can provide a business, but they, they don't necessarily have the upside of, of something like TikTok where there is, you know, that phenomenal level of discoverability or opportunity to go viral, which is why we're seeing a lot of creators move to that channel.
0: Yeah, so, so tell me if, if I'm a company or a business or even an individual looking to leverage your solution and the ways you've innovated uh, in, in your space, how would a conversation between you and I sound like?
1: Oh, um, I think it would depend, you know, whether it's a, a kind of product service that, that you're offering. I think, you know, also understanding what that kind of timeline looks like as, as well. But I think, you know, Facebook, has flaws, absolutely, but it still can be a great driver of business, a great driver of leads and a great amplifier of, you know, information. And I think marketing in its truest sense is really kind of clearly communicating what that product or service is and being able to basically accumulate digital touch points across, you know, Facebook's ad network, Facebook, Instagram, and and their audience network is still very valuable and, and still can, you know, generate great results if you're looking to go, right, I have a certain budget, and I need to absolutely maximize that, you know, I think more experimental channels like TikTok, whether that's organic TikTok, paid TikTok, certainly have that kind of, yeah, high upside, that high ceiling, but it really depends on, you know, what kind of KPIs you want to get out of that engagement, and then trying to adjust from there, because all businesses are different, all budgets are different, and understanding how to, you know, leverage each individual channel is still, you know, really important.
0: Yeah, and 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 just probing slightly here, what what uh, sectors do you find the appetite for for this innovative social media?
1: Oh, um, good question. I think you know anything that's direct to consumer products. I think those people are are looking to aggregate any gain that they can have. You know, I think they're in the sort of FMCG world, and, and certainly in retail, they're going up against big big players and mm. social media. Whether it's the the cost and the barriers to entry has allow them to even, you know, get off the ground. And actually, you know, a lot of these people were the first movers on Facebook, on Instagram, on, on Twitter, on YouTube. And so when newer, newer channels come out like TikTok there, you know, they've been rewarded for being first movers in the past. And so it's kind of inherent that they'll, they'll try that again. Um, you know, I think there's also a conversation to be had about vertical specific, you know, do you care if a real estate agent is on TikTok? Maybe not. However, at the same time, you can also have the conversation that it it could be actually a differentiator to the, you know, to the new 18 to 22 year old buyer that isn't, you know, as fussed about Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. So I think there's, there's justifications for how different businesses and people are using channels, but I think it comes back to, you know, what, you know, just reverse engineering, what do you want to get out of it? What type of audience is actually on that channel? And, you know, are you proud of, or is that content that you're putting out there? truly valuable Um, and if it's not some of those things then then that's when i try and steer someone away from it
0: do you have those initial conversations with the with the executive or the with the board of that company for example and determine what they're looking for do you just propose during those conversations as well
1: I think so Uh, yes I mean yes and no you know sometimes it's budget restrictions it's creative restrictions and, and as I mentioned before compliance but I think there are you know you always want to Um, give people the opportunity and and certainly it's where we've seen massive growth so you know that conversation is not redundant even if someone isn't kind of that key and I think it's you know for me my my style of communication is you know put the facts in front of someone and and almost let them choose you know I'll potentially try and influence that decision because it's what I'll feel but at the end of the day you know it's a it's a big time investment for people to take on these channels so you know at least you know highlighting and educating people on on the upside of, of some of these channels is, is definitely my job.
0: Yeah, I've made a mental note to uh, to get in touch with you to uh, to understand a little bit more about this for my own personal needs <laughs> and my own business needs. Um, but um, Tim, tell us, um, can you share a, a story or a experience that comes to your mind from a time when you are working with uh, uh, for other companies or maybe as, as part of your own company that resulted in a high or positive outcome
1: oh i mean yeah i've been pretty lucky so there's been many um you know whether it was sort of winning some of the big awards at social chain when you know when there was only 11 or or 15 of us and you know going up against some of the big industry heavyweights and not even thinking that we'd come close to being shortlisted never mind winning awards so there's some really fond memories that i tend to look back on i think on a personal level, um, you know whether it's sort of scaling a couple of businesses and using using paid media to really build a brand online. That's been you know incredibly rewarding. Those kind of real business case studies are, are pretty cool compared to some of the the vanity driven um, case studies that we've done more in my kind of social media days at, at Lad Bible and Social Chain, where you, you know you are talking about millions and billions of views, which you know sometimes you can't even kind of comprehend. Whereas being able to kind of say we took a business from 250k a year to 10 million a year in in yeah in basically 24 months is something that I'm very proud of because that's a real business case study that's real growth and, and it's meaningful and has changed founders lives whereas you know accumulating a lot of eyeballs on a bit of content is definitely a lot easier than, than yeah basically scaling a business
0: yeah wonderful and uh, can you share you know a leadership lesson or an experience that you've learned which transformed the way you lead and operate and and benefited others as well I've, in your I company think, or even previously
1: I think there's so many you know I think for me i've all i was sort of always taught and so Solly, CEO at lab Bible you know always told us to sort of be a sponge for information and, and really take in what what people say and I think you know my biggest advantage in this industry is not not only some of the case studies behind me and the businesses I've worked for but you know, Steve at Social Chain really gave us a peek behind the curtain at, you know, how to conduct yourself, how to work hard, how to, you know, focus on self-improvement and actually by, you know, basically having some of those foundations, being good to people, being polite, um, you know, a lot of basic things can really be a, a differentiator, you know, when you get into a boardroom or, or when you get kind of get into, in, into a pitch. So, oh, there's, I have to say there's so many, you know, things that have been impactful in both business and personal life. Steve always used to talk about that happiness is a choice. Now that can sound um, really naive, you know, a breakup, a, a death in the family. You can't just decide to be happy. But I think trying to frame your perspective on, on situations can be really valuable and, and how you kind of lead. But one of the, the things that I think I've, I've really sort of doubled down on, on more recently is, you know, being honest and, and upfront with people tends to pay dividends later down the ro- down the road. Um, And actually just saying, if you don't know something, you don't know, you know, especially in emerging industries, whether you get into, you know, Web3, NFTs, the ever-changing landscape of social media, being honest enough to go, I don't know, but this is my opinion based on this experience, I think is really refreshing because there's so many gurus, you know, fake it till you make it entrepreneurs that constantly think they have an answer. And actually, I, I think it's really refreshing when someone goes, I don't know. However, this is my opinion based on X, Y, and Z. And and that's something that I've been probably preaching over the last six months because you can't be an expert in in a lot of these areas just because there is so much change. So yeah, just on it, you know, good, honest people tend to tend to be the best people to kind of take advice from.
0: Yeah, I I I tend to agree. I I feel it's also a, a an intersection between courage and authenticity, as in like the courage to either refrain from Just going out there and saying what you think it is but but also being authentic about like you mentioned you know you don't know yeah throwing
1: that ego out the window going oh do you know what i don't know or actually i've not done that before however i have have done these things and you know being relevant and and kind of honest and unfortunately it tends to be men in in this industry that um you know when you meet amazing female founders and you kind of look at the difference between male and female founders it, it literally is that stage of you know, the men will go, oh, I can do that. And, and actually, you know, the female will probably be more qualified, but they're not as willing in some cases to kind of go, oh, actually, of course I can do that. Or I'll justify that pay rise. Or of course I've done those things. And, and that's been a really kind of interesting thing to, to find out firsthand, even, you know, um, yeah, male and wife kind of couples and co-founders, they'll even be saying that like, oh yeah, I've never gone for that promotion. Whereas, you know, they were on the same level um, and just just because guys are, are tend to be a little bit more ignorant and arrogant, actually, which is which is really interesting.
0: Yeah. When we talk about talent, I mean, like, obviously, you know, you work with a number of people, you've got your your teams. What, what kind of people related talent do you look for? when it comes to the type of work that you do which is in social media broadly speaking
1: i think you could break that down in a couple of ways i think from a an organic social media perspective which is something i've, I've veered away from for the, certainly the last few years is then there's certain people that just they just get it and that might sound quite basic but they've got you know an understanding of the platforms they've got that tone of voice they understand almost in a creative way how to communicate something whereas you know, I'd be thinking, right? We've got 140 characters to to get this message out. Whereas they'll just have this, you know, kind of snarky, tongue-in-cheek, um, you know, tone of voice, if you like, that that really can help transform a, a brand on social. I think from people that I tend to work with, you know, and and, and in the teams, it's it's specialists. It's people that have really niched down in, in their area of expertise. And I certainly like to think, and and really do believe that I work with some of the best people in the world on on their any given channel. And, It's just, it's amazing to see what good looks like across all the different disciplines. And instead of, you know, whether an agency or a person going, I know that, I know that, I know that I can execute. It's so difficult because even, you know, whether you're talking about marketing or even digital marketing or even social media marketing, you know, that industry is so big. There's so many disciplines to know, to understand changes to algorithms across all of them. It's it's really, really difficult to to, to be up to date on all of them. And actually, you know, the people that kind of go, actually, this is my lane, I'm going to stay in it, have certainly, you know, done pretty well recently, because, you know, when there's major changes, they're up to date on it. Whereas if you're across 10 different disciplines, it's hard to stay, you know, up to date and, and also execute at a higher level. That's just, well, which is my two cents anyway.
0: Wonderful. And do you feel that the pandemic was a blessing in disguise for some of the industries to launch their businesses or become even more aware?
1: I think for some people, yeah, you know, I, I lost a lot of business straight away just because of the, the uncertainty, but, you know, the amount of online spend that increased, I think it was over 50% year on year, you know, the rise certainly in the in the UK of more direct to consumer businesses, more e-commerce sales than, than ever before, or I ended up benefiting. So, you know in a in a totally selfish aspect, yeah, absolutely, some businesses were able to thrive, but you know, a lot of people, individuals, and businesses weren't able to operate. And I think that was, you know, a really difficult time mentally and, and from a business perspective for a lot of people. So um, yeah, you know, it's it's hard to look back on the pandemic as a as a positive, but that you know, some businesses were able to do very well out of that. And and you know, where I was placed, I was I was pretty lucky to be able to help a lot of businesses and um, yeah, I worked throughout the, the pandemic and, and, you know, it was good for me, but, you know, surrounded by a lot of friends and family that, that also really struggled through that time.
0: Thank you. And um, what are some of the important topics or trends on your mind these days that you feel would impact businesses, whatever stage they are in, or even other leaders emerging or established and boards, for example, and, and their journey and areas that they need to focus on?
1: Oh, I think it, it might be a little cliche, and I know over the last 24 months, personal branding has become, you know, at the forefront of, of conversation. But, you know, I think whether it's a brand, a logo, a personal brand, you know, that public perception of a stakeholder within a business is, is really important. You know, you don't know how many opportunities you can unlock by, again being good to people by having a digital presence by by just reminding people that that you're there you know some of those aggregated gains that you know can happen just by posting on this linkedin just by sharing a story just by providing some insight i think that that for me is where you know you start to see real business growth or or even just the fact that you don't realize some of the doors that close when you know someone's rude to someone or someone has a bad experience and so they're, they're the things that I think can really move the pendulum is, is that consistency in, you know, good, hard work tends to pay dividends. You don't, you don't see those gains overnight, but over, you know, a one two five year period doing the little things can really, really add up.
0: Wonderful. So Tim, what does a, what does a day in the life of Tim look like?
1: Oh, uh, it, it really depends. You know, normally it's raining up here in the Northwest. So um, <laughs> I'd say it's weather dependent, but, you know, kind of wake up, um, check basically all the ad accounts that I'm kind of managing, look at the metrics kind of overnight, make some chops and changes normally with a, a kind of coffee. And other than that, it's you know, normally a, a mid midday sort of gym session, look after the dog and and kind of crack on with with emails. My one of the things I've really enjoyed about you know being a business owner is, is having that flexible schedule. Um, I never wanted every day to be the same. I mean, I do a lot of the same things every day, but just having that kind of malleable schedule, whether it's, you know, calls in the morning, calls in the evening, um, reporting on, on, on that kind of data in, in different ways. And um, that for me, that, that kind of flexibility in every day is different is something that I find very motivating. So hopefully that was a little glimpse. It's, you know, still a lot of screen time, a lot of calls, a lot of podcasts, a um, little bit of exercise here and there, but yeah, for the most part, it's, it's sat in ads manager with some music on and yeah, creating ads for, for lots of different brands.
0: And, and tell us a little bit about the uh, the interests that you, you mentioned about football.
1: Yeah, no, big, big Liverpool fan. Um, okay. So that's been, you know, an enjoyable year. We'll we'll see how we end up. So yeah, you know, girlfriend hates it, but watch a lot of sport, um, which, you know, I, I certainly really enjoy um yeah what's all, all sorts so um yeah watching a lot of sport walking the dog i'm you know pretty boring these days um have my own own kind of little bubble and um yeah in, enjoy kind of every day as it comes
0: wonderful so you've you've achieved a lot and you continue to do that tim what's what's your next big business adventure that you envision
1: oh very good question i'm not sure you know i think i've never been good at forecasting the future you know i think if you have told me five years ago that this is the position I'd be in and certainly if you told me seven years ago that I have it, a business I would you know I wouldn't have believed you so you know I think for me it's if I'm able to do more of the same you know having that level of financial freedom for the most part getting to pick and choose what projects I work on and enjoying the people that I work on those projects with you know that is really important sometimes it's not the the big brand names that are as exciting it's you know that great relationship with a client or a founder that that really does kind of motivate me but you know i think more and more there's projects in the web3 kind of nft space that um i've been watching from the sidelines and, and trying to accumulate knowledge rather than go all in and, and say that i'm an expert so um, i think that'll be the next big frontier and you know it might not just be an nft from a you know Uh, pixelated jpeg perspective but i'm certainly interested to see how blockchain technology really does impact all sorts of commerce whether that's you know ticket sales for gigs and football matches or you know actually how to you know seamlessly transfer funds and, and actually raise capital that that for me is where i see a lot of innovation happening um and so that yeah that that level of innovation i think is really exciting
0: wonderful well, we're coming to a close very shortly. Um, Tim, do you have any closing messages or a challenge to other leaders that you want to, to share? Oh, a
1: challenge. Oh, you've put me on the spot there. Um, I think, you know, being, being more positive, I think highlighting other people within our businesses. I think sometimes we forget, you know, how, long, like how much of a long way that can go just by, you know, smiling at someone, bigging someone up on a LinkedIn post sending that nice message in a WhatsApp or Slack chat and, and just trying to kind of proactively make some of those, those small, you know, just small bits of praise that in a business can go a long way. You know, I think mentally we've all had a, a kind of tough or all over the place, roller rollercoaster couple of years. And, and just by doing, you know, being nicer to people can, can absolutely change a, a culture within a business. So yeah, that would be my challenge to people is, is trying to, to shout out wins more. And, and actually even on a selfish perspective, shout out your own wins more, get, get that out there and not necessarily show off, but highlight some of the great work that you're doing because actually, you know, that could that can often really help generate new business.
0: Excellent advice from Tim. Thank you very much, Tim, for being with us today and sharing your journey. Thank you.
1: Thanks Stephen. Thanks for your time.
0: Okay, folks, thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode with another great leader who will be sharing her journey in the challenging world of regulators and how to navigate around this with the right leadership and capabilities, both in the business, executive world, as well as board level opportunities. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day.